You're listening to Short Inspirations from Ralph. Purity in an impure world. Part 3. When it comes to purity, I want to suggest that it's extremely difficult to achieve this without divine help. Jesus said in Matthew 5.28, However, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at the body of a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. This statement includes every living human being. No one is exempt because we've all crossed the line, even in our hearts and minds. Even Isaiah hundreds of years before said there is none righteous, no, not one. We all need a saviour. We all need outside help. Here's the link. In Genesis, in the Bible, one of my favourite characters, Joseph, was enticed by Potiphar's wife. And she wanted Joseph to sleep with her, but he ended up running out of the house away from the situation. She ended up with his coat, and he was wrongly imprisoned. But here's the key as to how he did this. Joseph said to her, How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He didn't mention Potiphar or her or anyone else. He said against God. It wasn't as though Joseph didn't want to do this. She was probably very beautiful. But he looked past her and saw God. He would have sinned against God if he'd gone ahead. But his relationship with his creator was intact. And so was his conscience. This was an amazing stance for him to take. And it's in this context that the following four myths are explained. Myth number one. When I come to Jesus, he expects me to be instantly pure and perfect. My question is, who told you that because it's simply not true. He will accept you just the way you are. He specializes in saving sinners. If this was true, then there would be empty churches all over the world. It just wouldn't happen. Christianity couldn't work. And this false belief has kept a lot of people, thousands of people, possibly millions of people, away from Jesus and the kingdom of God because they believe they're not good enough. They don't qualify. Somehow they think that they've got to get their lives sorted before they even darken the door of a church. And this is not true. It's a myth. The truth is that purity is a process. We bring our struggles and our brokenness and our weakness and, and uh, impurities to God and he will change us from glory to glory that old song says process in the dictionary means being constructed as time goes on that's amazing none of us have made it yet over my whole life it has been a series of processes that have brought me this far and there is still more to go. The late Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, on her tombstone apparently has this, 
End of construction. Thank you for your patience. If we can fully grasp that God does not expect instant perfection, our growth towards purity can actually be a joy rather than a grind. The Apostle Paul struggled greatly and in Corinthians he was talking about going to God with the thorn that was in his flesh. It doesn't say what it was. Some people speculate it was in the area that we're talking about here, purity. But God had said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, there is great capacity in God's grace for you and I in this whole area of purity to keep coming back to him and falling at his feet, bringing out our weaknesses and our brokenness. And he will forgive us and stand us up on our feet again. May you today know that you can come to him, to Jesus, in your imperfection, in your fallenness, and he will receive you. He will forgive you. God bless you.